The show you love with even more local, local news, news and more local talk. talk. The voice of the valley. The Mike Douglas Show. Now weekdays from 3 till 5. On air and online. Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Here's your host, Mike Douglas. And welcome to the Mike Douglas Show on this uh, warmish Wednesday afternoon in California's Central Valley. Mike Douglas here, your concierge for conversation. Thank you so much for joining us. And as you may have heard, California ISO, the independent system operator, has issued a statewide flex alert. For this afternoon, that means they're calling upon us to voluntarily cut down on our electricity use. And that period for the flex alert is between 4 p.m. and 9 p.m. this evening. Reason for it, probably obvious if you've walked outside, that is the high temperatures that are pushing up energy demand and tightening available power supplies. Now, we may get a few more flex alerts through the Labor Day weekend, as it looks like we're going to have a lot of high temperatures for the next uh, next couple of days. So plan on it, uh, uh, being very careful with our electricity use, uh, at least through Labor Day. Now, in terms of their suggestions, and this is very interesting uh, compared to uh, a couple of sound bites we'll have from Governor Newsom in, a, in just a few moments. The ISO is saying, we're urged to conserve power by setting our thermostats, uh, thermostats to 78 degrees or higher. Not a problem for us here. We, we never have it below 78 degrees, normally about 80. And then it says, if health permits, avoid the use of major appliances and turn off unnecessary lights. Now, here we go. This is an interesting line here. The ISO says... We should also avoid charging electric vehicles while the flex alert is in effect. Don't you love that timing? At uh, practically the same time that we're being informed that we all uh, cannot buy gas-powered vehicles any longer after 2035, uh uh-oh, what if we have really hot days and 2035 will we have this same problem where maybe the iso is saying we just don't have enough megawatts to support you charging your car so if you are uh, stuck in barstow just to pick a name out of the air a city out if you're stuck in barstow and uh you you may have to stay there for a while in 2035 so anyway wherever you are don't don't charge your electric vehicle between 4 and 9 p.m. tonight. Ah, don't you just love the timing of all of this? All right, let's hear from Governor Newsom. He uh, spoke, oh, about an hour ago, and he talked about the cause of the flex alert today. Uh, let's listen to the governor. Mega drought means less megawatts. Boy, maybe we can trademark that line. Mega drought means less megawatts. Mega drought means less megawatts. Well, that's kind of the situation, again, that we're in. Now, the governor also talked about voluntary compliance and suggestions for what to do during the flex alert. 
The Flex Alert just asks you if you can do a little bit more. Uh, we voluntarily ask you to do a little bit more to help us get through the next week or so. Uh, to turn, interestingly, up a little bit, the thermostat at home to 78 degrees. Try to pre-cool earlier in the day, the, the home. Uh, try not to use uh, too much electricity in those key hours. And the key hours are between 4 p.m. and 9 p.m. Uh, in the evening. Try to reduce your consumption to the extent possible. Uh, if you're not home, it's a holiday weekend, Labor Day weekend, and you're out enjoying yourself, uh, we encourage you, before you leave home, if you can turn uh, those thermostats up to 85 degrees. That would also help reduce demand, particularly with so many of the automatic uh, thermostats that we all have and enjoy. Uh, we want to make sure, again, we're not using unnecessarily and consuming unnecessarily uh, too much electricity. All right. Uh, I can... Uh, I can... I can come alongside that, but did you notice what he did not mention? And I may have missed it, but I listened to the whole press conference, all, oh, maybe 22 minutes of it, 23 minutes. I did not hear him mention at all not charging your electric vehicle. Isn't that interesting? The ISO did, but the governor made no mention of not charging your electric car during a flex alert. So what are you doing to help uh, conserve electricity during these flex alerts? And I, I'm all for helping out with that conservation effort. And, and interesting that he mentioned 78 degrees. We, we usually have at home our uh, thermostat set for, oh, between 80 to 83 degrees, sometimes 85 inside i mean we we do our part and at night we open up the windows unfortunately the way our house is oriented who i won't get into this but the people who built this weren't as with it as i would have hoped the prevailing winds go east to west you would think that that being the case that perhaps they would arrange the window flow so that the breezes would go through the house east to west. But no, the windows are basically arranged to receive winds and breezes from north to south. There are no breezes north to south at our home. Everything goes east to west. So we open up all the windows, and it's basically makes not a whole lot of difference because the wind is is in parallel to where our windows are. Uh, they're not uh, creating a, a breeze at all. So anyway, so the point being, I'm all we, we're all for doing that. And, and, and in fact, Governor Newsom mentioned if we if you're away on vacation or whatever uh, to set the thermostat for 85. We do that. In fact, we set it at 85. And the reason being is we have animals inside the house and we don't want them being coming uh, overheated they seem to be able to survive at 85 degrees okay so what are you doing what do you do to help reduce electricity consumption during these flex alerts telephone number here on the mike douglas show 209-551-3483 209-551-3483 while you're thinking about that Governor Newsom also spoke about an executive order that he just signed.
one of the areas we wanted to advance was a de-risking strategy to create a larger buffer uh, so that we're not doing this on an annual basis. And we worked with the legislature, and we were able to move through just in June. This was a process, took about six months working through the budget process to get $4.2 billion uh, to move an effort to be able to put together uh, a capacity to break glass on some 4,000 or so megawatts. Interestingly and importantly in relationship to the moment we're in, that was done in June. Already we've been able to pull in to our portfolio 630 megawatts. It actually has exceeded by 130 megawatts our short-term goal. So uh, that $4.2 billion already in use uh, by 2024, we should have all those 4,000 megawatts ready to go. And that's through a, a spectrum of strategies as it relates to the strategic reserve. All right. Uh, a lot of words there, aren't there? So basically, he signed an executive order so that they can have a reserve of megawatts. He's talking about 4,000 or more. And that, that, that's fine. That, that's, uh, that's a good thing. Uh, what difference will 4,000 megawatts make on a day like today? <clears throat> well, let's, uh, I'm going to pull up right now. Let's see. Our current capacity, is, our current demand right now is uh, about 42,000 megawatts as of this second. Uh, over the next uh, one to four hours, we have about nine to 12 megawatts available. Uh, our capacity is uh, about now eh, just shy of 55,000 megawatts. So, yeah, the 4,000 megawatts may help a little bit, but not, uh, not tremendously. So the question is, wouldn't it be nice, wouldn't it be nice to have some of those fossil fuel-type industries going so that we have the ability to have energy independence. Well, let's talk about what we're doing to, uh, to help the process during these flex alerts. Let's uh, go to the phones very quickly, 209-551-3483. Bill and Modesto, what are your thoughts? What are you doing to help conserve? Hi, Mike. Well, one of the big things that a lot of people don't realize, our homes are um, built with the California Department of Energy. And as the sun rises in the east and sets in the west, the east side of most buildings are the hottest, so they minimize the windows. Another reason why you don't get that cross current for ventilation. And then they used to allow whole house fans to help ventilate but that's no longer energy efficient and doesn't justify itself under our wonderful title 24 and then we keep building more houses but we don't improve or increase our energy grid i mean where's this stuff going to come from electricity doesn't grow on trees we know it comes electric at least here with mid uh, it's a real quandary in my mind. Well, it is. And, uh, Bill, I think what aggravates the whole situation is a whole discussion recently about uh, making California totally green. 
uh, having all electric cars uh, only sold in uh, by 2035, et cetera, and v- really uh, demonizing the fossil fuel industry. It seems to me like we ought to have a parallel effort going here that if we want to uh, de-emphasize fossil fuels, well, okay, but to uh, do it at that rate, um, not not sure that's very wise. I'm all for, well, let's get more research into what uh, the government is calling clean energy and see if we can actually uh, build some technologies and capacities that do that. I do credit them with uh, their efforts right now to keep uh, the Diablo nuclear power plant going. I think that's a good idea, uh, but it I think that's somewhat reluctant uh, because they're looking at the fact that we flat out are suffering for uh, for energy. So, uh, Bill, some interesting observations. Uh, any final thoughts, Bill? Yeah, bringing up nuclear, I think, if I'm not mistaken, you're more educated than I am. I'm just a simple uh, contractor. And uh, isn't Europe using a lot of nuclear power? I mean, we've got the greatest uh, safety record, per se, and restrictions. But, my gosh, at least it stands on its own merit. Well, it does, uh, Bill. I, I don't think, know what, uh, what we're going to do. And, I think we have a very good record ahead, in terms Mike. of, yeah, I think we have a very good record in terms I, of uh, safe, uh, safe nuclear energy. Bill, thanks for the call. Appreciate it very much. Uh, and uh, we're talking about challenges here when it comes to uh, electricity. And I'll tell you what, when it comes to real estate, I have some challenges as well. I need some help. And the guy I go to, well, you know, his name is Dan Phipps. Right now, mortgage rate increases are impacting home sales. In fact, the Wall Street Journal right now is reporting home sales are down an average average of 20% from this time last year. So there's only one agent I trust with selling my home. If I were doing that during a market slowdown, and that's Dan Phipps. Are you worried about maybe you missed the boat on a top dollar deal for selling your home? Well, listen, call the agent I trust and recommend. Call Dan Phipps. Dan's proprietary marketing system guarantees multiple offers in 72 hours for full market value, or he'll sell it for free. And his home selling program is designed to maximize your sales price. You're in complete control. No required costly repairs, no long-term contracts, and you pick your move date. Dan can even find you a new home before you move. So all that said... William and Modesto knows all about it. He had a rental property. He needed to cash out ASAP. High price was his first priority, but he had a tenant, couldn't fix up the place for a bigger price. Well, Dan Phipps felt confident he could get what William needed, and he did. He marketed the place very hard, and he sold it for the same price as similar homes that had been upgraded in the area. I'll tell you, you need to call my friend Dan Phipps. Dan's the man I recommend. I would hire him to sell my own home. He's the only agent who guarantees multiple offers in 72 hours or it's sold free. Call Dan Phipps, 209-593-1111, 209-593-1111, or go to danphipps.com. That's Dan Phipps with three Ps, D-A-N-P-H-I-P-P-S. 
Com. We'll talk more about the heat and homes and buildings coming up in three minutes. And we'll begin with Richard and Modesto in just three minutes here on the Mike Douglas Show on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Take the Mike Douglas Show with you every weekday from 3 till 5. Download the free iHeartRadio app and follow 1360 KFIV. And welcome back to the Mike Douglas Show here on this hot Wednesday afternoon in California's Central Valley here on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Cal ISO has issued a flex alert today from 4 p.m. to 9 p.m. We've been talking about the the effects of that, what we may be doing to help uh, conserve electricity during that time. Our phone number here, 209-551-3483. What are you doing to try to conserve electricity during flex alerts? 209 209- Five five one three four eight three. Let's check in now with Richard from Modesto, who's been patiently waiting. Hi, Richard. Welcome to the show. Hi. Yeah, I usually don't talk about it, but I helped uh, build uh, Diablo Canyon nuclear power plant. I I worked for PG&E back in the seventies as an electrical engineer, and uh, I know every inch of that place. I'm glad it's still going, and maybe they'll. Uh, extend the life of it you know they're talking about closing it but hopefully uh, they won't but uh why i called one thing i surprised me that your last caller said that uh a whole house fan is not energy efficient that doesn't make any sense it's 10 times more efficient uh, i have one i turn it on every night when the sun goes down you don't do it during the day but when the sun goes down and it's cheap uh, it's a tenth the power of my air conditioner so uh I would recommend a whole house fan. You can put it in your attic, uh, you know, where you're when you go in into your attic. That uh, opening, stick a uh, high-speed exhaust fan right across the top of it. Lay it down there, pushing into the attic. It'll go out the vents in the attic, and uh, then open a window, whatever window you want, any direction, and it'll uh, it, it blows that uh, sucks. It works like a straw. It sucks the air through the window out into the uh, attic, and the attic has vents all around the house. So it does work. I, I don't agree with your last caller at all on that. So, uh, Richard, you, you have one. And what's interesting is when uh, Bill brought that up a few moments ago, I haven't heard about whole house fans for a, a long time. Are they out of vogue, or is it just we're not hearing about them? I don't know. I, I have a, a, a house I bought that has it built in, and it works fine. Really, uh, I don't understand why people don't use it more. It, it blows the – I had it on last night. It worked great. Uh, you know, I'm going to turn it on again when the sun goes down. And it works fine. I really don't know the details. Uh, I don't know why, uh, why they're not using it. Uh, don't know. Richard, a uh, quick uh, final question for you. We have uh, about 30 seconds uh, left here. Uh, you, you helped in the building of, of Diablo. What do you think about uh, safety issues? Everybody seems to be so worried. It seems to me we have a good record, and nuclear power is, uh, is reasonably uh, reasonable in terms of costs, and it's, uh, it, it's effective. I agree. Uh, the only scary thing is it's built... Uh, close to some fault lines that run along the ocean there. That's a little scary, but, uh, you know, the reactors are in the below ground. The reactor is not up. You know, you see those domes, there's nothing in those. 
the containment buildings, there's nothing in there. The reactor is down below ground. Uh, that's just for a crane, and it's it's uh, called the containment building. Those two domes. There's no there's no reactor in there. Uh, it's very complicated, but uh, I feel it's safe. Yes, uh, you know I'm not worried about it. Even if there's a problem, uh, it should handle it. Just out of curiosity, and, and if you don't want to say that's fine, what what did you do? What what part did you play in the building of the plant? I, I helped in the uh, verifying the uh, the wiring, ver- verifying what was going on, uh, looking at X-rays and looking at uh, plumbing and things like that. Uh, they X-rayed. Uh, you know the wires and the water flow and uh, the piping, all that stuff was X-rayed and checked and examined. I more of a, was a, an examiner. I didn't actually, uh, you know, have a screwdriver or a hammer in my hand, but I was involved with the planning uh, and the uh, verification of what uh, the workers were doing. Yeah. All right, uh, Richard, I've, I'm hitting a mark here. I've got a hit. Can you hang on just a couple of minutes, maybe five minutes or so? Could you do that for us? Yeah, I'm old. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, I appreciate you doing that. Uh, we have uh, we have Bill on the line as well, and uh, we're going to get both of you on there so that we can discuss uh, discuss this a little bit in terms of uh, the whole house fans and such. And I I think we'd like to hear both of your uh, perspectives there. So I'm going to put you on hold, and we'll be back with you and with uh, Bill uh, in about uh, five or six minutes or so. Again, my friends, what we're talking about is the heat, the fact that uh, Cal ISO has issued a flex alert for this evening from 4 to 9 p.m., and we've been talking about cost-effective ways uh, to uh, to stay cool while also uh, contributing to the lessening of our use of electricity during these particular times. And uh, here at the clandestine studio of uh, the Mike Douglas Show, we have uh, backup systems here as well. We we may have to find out if they work today. Uh, we'll find out. Again, you're listening to the Mike Douglas Show here on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. We'll be back with Richard and Bill in five minutes here on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Don't go away. The Mike Douglas Show. Now weekdays from 3 till 5 on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. You're listening to The Mike Douglas Show, the voice of the valley. Power Talk 1360 KFIV. And welcome back to The Mike Douglas Show here on this very, very warm Wednesday afternoon in California's Central Valley. Mike Douglas here, your concierge for conversation as we talk about the issues that affect you and me directly here in California's Central Valley here on The Mike Douglas Show on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Uh, Cal ISO has issued a flex alert today from 4 p.m. to 9 p.m. And we've been talking about what we may be doing to help conserve electricity during that time. Uh, two interesting callers. Uh, Bill uh, has uh, has called and uh, Richard has called. Uh, Richard, it, no pun intended, is a fan of Whole House fans. Uh, Bill, not so much. So we're going to get uh, Richard and, and Bill on. And uh, Bill, Bill, give us uh, your perspective again on, on Whole House fans and then we'll get back to you, Richard. We got both of you on the line. Go ahead, Bill. Yeah, I want to 
it was hard to get an exact uh, my point across. Whole house fans for an existing system or what we call retrofitting is a very, very good value because a mechanical refrigeration or air conditioning unit, it'll draw possibly around 30 amps. And a fan motor will draw about 5 to 7 amps. And it ventilates it through the attic space, thereby relieving the heat load in that attic space. What, what I meant was they're not energy efficient, and that's according to the California Department of Energy will not allow you to have those in new homes or homes in the last four years being built because they have to go through a heat exchanger to extract any air BTUs and push it back out. It's a real nightmare, and it makes it difficult for people to live in these new houses. They can put one in, sure, but it should be there automatically in a new home to save energy during these flex alerts. Or even if a person wants to cool off their house at night, when the dew point or our nice valley weather, when the sun goes down, is basically free cooling, short of just a fan. So it's a little confusing. It's the Department of Energy that says they're not efficient. They will not allow them in new homes. Got it. All right. So it's the California Department of Energy. Is it California's Department of Energy that has said they're not energy efficient? Correct, and they don't uh, comply with the Title 20 and Title 24 mandates by our wonderful state. Got it, got it. Okay, so, so Richard, the, the issue apparently is the Department of Energy here in California is saying that they're uh, not energy efficient, but in your experience, if I remember correctly, Richard, you actually bought the house with the fan already installed, right? Uh, a couple of different houses. This one and where I live, I installed it myself very easily. The, there was one house, another house that I bought that it was, uh, it's, it's a professional installation, but uh, I don't understand the heat exchanger part and all that. That sounds like they complicated. Uh, if you have all that kind of more equipment in there, uh that could really affect your efficiency. I don't have that. I just have a fan, you know, with a blade on it that, that he, as he agrees, had draws less current. I, I know that because my bill, my bill was half of what my neighbor's bill is, and he runs, he runs his AC all the time. I don't, but yeah, we don't have a disagreement offhand. It's a matter of, uh, uh, you know. Uh, we have to compare uh, apples to apples. If there's a, a heat exchanger or something involved with compressors and things, uh, I don't no. know about that. I don't, don't know. Yeah, so it sounds like any time that the government gets involved with regulations, it does complicate things, uh, wouldn't you say, Bill? That's affirmative, and that's <laughs> what makes it difficult is because a whole house fan is very simple, and it's I, I like them. It's the best evening cooling going. Unfortunately, you got to crack a window, and if you're in a dust area by an orchard, yeah, you're going to draw a little dust in, but that's just a trade-off. Got, got it. I like them, hands down. Well, listen, Rich. Quite a few being a, uh, 
Well, Richard and Bill, thank you so much uh, for enlightening us, and we appreciate that uh, very much. Uh, and, and for both of you being will, willing to discuss it, thanks so much. We appreciate that. Uh, Bill and Richard uh, giving us some new information about a whole house fan, and I uh, didn't know that, that uh, the California Department of Energy has labeled them as energy uh, inefficient. Uh, in fact, we had many years ago thought about putting a whole house fan in. We had uh, a friend of ours that installed them but just ne- never got around to it. I kind of wish we had done that at uh, at this point. Again, the California ISO has issued a flex alert today from 4 p.m. to 9 p.m. That means we're asked to cut down on our energy use. What do you do? What do you do personally to uh, cut down on energy use uh, during these times? Our number here, 209 551 Three four eight three two zero nine five five one three four eight three. I mentioned earlier that uh, Governor Newsom had uh, done a press conference earlier today, uh, about an hour before we went on the air, about two o'clock, and we played uh, several uh, several of his comments there. And the one, it seems like he can't resist it. He can't resist taking a jab at Texas. Now, do you think this is appropriate? Listen to this as Governor Newsom today demonizes Texas and glorifies California as he talks about energy consumption and such. Year to date, in the state of Texas, year to date, they have consumed some 22.9 million tons of coal polluting the planet, making conditions worse, impacting climate, exacerbating the very conditions they're trying to mitigate in terms of their energy reliability versus California that has consumed just 18,000. 22.9 million tons versus California's 18,000. Yet they've offered three proclamations of emergency And we all know what happened in 2021, tragically, in that state as it relates to days and days where up to 10 million people did not have access uh, to electricity and the impact that had on lives lost and up to $130 billion of economic damage. Again, I'm not trying to cast aspersions, but I am trying to cast a deeper understanding of the contrast between a deregulated market that still relies on dirty energy and coal, yet still faces the challenges of extremes, extreme heat, and the consequences of Mother Nature's fury. I've said it many times. It's probably best and first said by Rob Watson. You know, there's no more powerful force on the planet than Mother Nature. She bats last. She bats a thousand. All right, so Mother Nature, she bats last, she bats a thousand, and that's how he uh, wrapped out, uh, wrapped up, taking a, a pretty uh, significant, uh, longish jab at Texas. If, if there's any doubt in your mind that he has uh, the presidency in mind in 2024, I, I think that probably removes any doubt that there 
uh, might be. Again, the issue today is Cal ISO. Uh, the independent system operator has issued a f- statewide flex alert today from 4 p.m. to 9 p.m., and that, of course, is uh, due to the high temperatures. Uh, Cal ISO uh, saying, look, what we're asking is that you conserve power. Set your thermostats to 78 degrees or higher. If health permits, avoid the use of major appliances. Uh, Turn off unnecessary lights. And uh, also avoid charging electric vehicles while the flex alert is in effect. Now, it's interesting that Governor Newsom did not mention that aspect whatsoever. Uh, But that's interesting. Think about it. What's going to happen in the future if uh, in the dreams of Governor Newsom and uh, the powers that be in Sacramento, we have no more gas-powered vehicles, they're all electric, what what happens in a situation like this where the the grid doesn't have the capacity and, and think of all the cars out on the road and all the cars that need to be charged up, what's going to happen? Well, Governor Newsom did not address that today in his, uh, in his comments. Our phone number, 209-551-3483. Comments about the Flex Alert order today and what you're doing personally uh, to do your part in trying to conserve electricity. We'll get back to the phones in three minutes as the Mike Douglas Show continues here on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Here's more with the voice of the valley, Mike Douglas on Power Talk 1360 KFIV and streamed on the iHeartRadio app. All right, welcome back to the Mike Douglas Show here on Power Talk 1360 KFIV, talking about the uh, ISO Flex Alert today, conserving electricity, and it's all part of living in California today. Let's get your read on what's going on, 209 551 Three four eight three. Let's begin with uh, Brad from Stanislaus. Brad, what's your read on what's happening with all of this? Good afternoon, Pastor Douglas. Thank you for your service. Um, I, I let my um, solar panels draw as much energy as they can and and help to feed the system that way. But this this whole thing, even the the title, independent system operator. That, that's such a misnomer because, look, the state has made all kinds of laws and rules and regulations that govern energy and require us to have uh, so much solar, which doesn't produce anything once the sun goes down. Uh, you know, the, the windmills, which produce nothing when the wind is not blowing strong enough to make them go. And we have had the opportunity over the past years to build dams which are easy to have a turbine at the bottom of them and create great renewable energy even though the state will not count it as renewable unless it's a certain size so the state has messed this all up just like they mess everything up and uh you know they can't run an employment development department they can't run a dmv they're not able to really run this whole electrical system, even if they want to call it independent. It's not because they put the handcuffs to stop them or stop our, our state from producing more good kinds of renewable energy. And, you know, he can talk about Texas, but a large percentage of our electricity comes all the way from the Columbia River and all the dams and the hydroelectric that is there. 
So, um, and, and we're buying power from uh, high, uh, the, uh, the thermal power from different states like Nevada. Right. So, you know, he can get up there and say all those things, but he's not, he's not honest and he's not genuine and he's not helping us. And the man needs to be replaced in November, but I fear it's not going to happen. I uh, it's it's a long shot, Brad, for sure. And I think uh, you know one of the uh, things that, that that's interesting about this, we're talking about the need for energy efficiency, and one of the least efficient things in the world is uh, our government in California. Government normally is not efficient, and uh, so as you've uh, wisely and appropriately pointed out, uh, California by public policy. Uh, by its own rules and regulations, or overrules and overregulations, has really created its own problems. Brad, thanks for the call. Appreciate that. Some uh, good points there. Talking about the uh, ISO and Flex Alert today, electricity efficiency, and here we go again. Uh, we're in another Flex Alert, and we're uh, at the same time that we are demonizing fossil fuels and being energy independent. Uh, here we go. We are in the midst of another flex alert. Uh, let's go back to the phones. 209-551-3483. Uh, John from Brentwood. What are your thoughts about all of this today? Hey, Mike. Uh, this, <laughs> what can you say about it? We, what we do, we, we're, we're enrolled in that, that dumb plan with PG&E where they call like 15 events during the summer. And if you use your power between four and nine, on the day that they say don't use it, you pay more for electricity, but you pay less throughout the year. It ends up saving us quite a bit of money, and I do it to save money. I do absolutely nothing to help this state. Um, the state throws up roadblocks every time you turn around, every time you want to do something, it, it makes it harder, prices, everything. So there's nothing I would do to help re- reduce any power in the state. If I had the money, I'd run my air conditioner 24 hours a day. But the other thing I wanted to say, I'm not sure whether you heard it, and I'm not sure if you even brought it up because I tuned in late, but I saw in the news today that Governor Newsom's father-in-law donated, I think, five grand to the campaign of Ron DeSantis. And I thought that was pretty funny. Yeah, I uh, I heard that. Uh, and I can't remember where I heard it today. I was uh, out on the road quite a bit. Uh, yes, I heard that. I don't know whether his in-laws live in California or uh, or uh, in Texas or in Florida, I don't know where they live. But if that's true, uh, that that is one of the great headlines of the day. I think that Governor Newsom's own yeah, in-laws. Well, yeah, the would... article actually. The article actually said that they have donated money to quite a few different Republican causes. So. <laughs> Isn't that amazing? So I thought that was really hilarious. <laughs> uh, that 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 is that that shows that God has a sense of humor. I think overall, and the Thanksgiving uh, dinner should be should be good at the new. Oh, this year, huh? <laughs> that that's got to be a whopper. <laughs> bet. Hey, John, thanks for the call. John from Brentwood, appreciate that uh, very much. Back to the phones two zero nine five five one three four eight three. Kathleen in Oakdale. Kathleen, uh, what's on your mind today? Well, I keep myself cool by I sweat and I prepare my uh, uh, intestinal tract um, to sweat. And so I eat uh, ahead of time. So I eat right and I hydrate right ahead of time. And 
me at least 24 hours ahead of time. I watch it. And uh, then um, also I do not use a fan because fans do not cool the room. And uh, then also I watch the weather because uh, where the air pre- – and it's very difficult to find out, get information if the air pressure on that hot day, is it from the Pacific air current or is it from the Arctic air current? And uh, the Pacific air current is a dollar short and a day late uh, – or a day late and a dollar short on um, cooling us off when the sun goes down, whereas the Arctic air uh, air pressure – is it cools us off just as we would like, and the house fan works really well when the air pressure is from the Arctic air, and uh, so uh, and also the Arctic air has to move a very short a short distance to cool us off. It moves from east to west as it as it does its inversion, and but the uh, Pacific um, air pressure it moves from north to south, and it it's as far north as it. It comes down in the Klamath Mountains. It takes a long time for that cooler Pacific air to reach us uh, here in Stanislaus County. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Kathleen, you mentioned something significant, and I want to park on that in just a moment. You mentioned uh, how the fans really don't do a whole lot. Uh, You're talking about, uh, you know, the fans on the floor or fans on the ceiling. One of the problems in extreme heat situations like this is that the fans basically move around hot air. They don't reduce the ambient temperature. And a a lot of people, especially uh, seniors in those little mobile homes, they are in uh, they are in bad straits because a lot of them, and I think it's a generational thing, don't want to turn the air conditioner on if they have it, and so uh, they, their health is uh, is at risk. And uh, so I would I would just say if you have uh, friends or family members, uh, elderly folks that are in some of those mobile home parks. Make sure, please make sure that uh, they have their air conditioners on uh, if if they have them and not just the fans, because in fact, at advancing vibrant communities in the past, we have actually uh, saved a helped saved a life of a of a gentleman that only had a fan going moving around hot air. And uh, if it weren't for uh, some volunteers, uh, Partnering up with another ministry, uh, he he might have uh, might have died. Kathleen, thanks for the call. Appreciate that very much. Let's go very quickly to Debbie in Stanislaus. Debbie, what are your thoughts today? Okay, I'll try to figure this out. I listened with the, when the two gentlemen early on, one was against fans, one was for the fans. Well, I can only go by me, so I don't really have too much that I can go on for other people. But I live in 2,800 square feet, and that's a fairly decent-sized home. And I have a fan, just a plain old couple of dollars fan in the living room and one in my bedroom. And I keep them on all the time. I never unplug them. I turn on the air conditioner for two or three hours once a a 24-hour period. Once in a while, I'll turn it on the second time, but very seldom. I was born with a disease that heat can kill me. And this house was built in 1957. That's a long time ago. But it's keeping it at a rate of no higher than 82. And that's the only time I'll ever turn it on for maybe a half an hour, an hour to get it down under that 80 because of what I was born with. 
So my heart goes out to everybody. We all have different homes or were built at different times. Uh, absolutely. Have- and, and Debbie, thank you for the call. Got to run. Uh, appreciate that. Uh, Debbie, a fan of fans. Thanks for the call. And we'll continue the conversation about this in five minutes after news, weather, and traffic on the Mike Douglas Show on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. We'll be right back. The show you love. Talking about the issues that are important to you. The voice of the valley. The Mike Douglas Show. Now every weekday from 3 till 5. On air and online. Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Here again is your host, Mike Douglas. And welcome back to the Mike Douglas Show. Our number two here on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Mike Douglas here always privileged to serve as your concierge for conversation as we tackle, no pun intended, the hot issues of the day. And one of the hot issues of today is it's just plain hot. And Cal ISO has issued a flex alert from 4 to 9 p.m. today. Uh, They're asking us to uh, do what we can to limit our consumption of electricity. We've been talking about how we do that, some suggestions uh, for that. In fact, uh, we just got a message from Scott. Scott says uh, he's opened a window on each side of his house, and he puts a large fan in the doorway after the temperature cools below 78, and he says, I'm able to draw outside temperature through the house uh, through that process. Yeah, that, uh, that, that sounds reasonable. Let's find out what you're doing, what you think about surviving the heat. 209-551-3483, our number. Let's go out to Oakdale and Frank. Hi, Frank. Welcome to the show. What are your thoughts about the heat today? Hi, Mike. Uh, I'd like to share a simple little technique that I've used for years. I have purchased years ago, and I've only... I've only it's lasted me years a small hard plastic kiddie pool maybe about six inches deep four feet wide what I do is I either put it in the sun with a little bubble wrap solar on top and then put water in there so it warms up or I put the hose in the sun so that it when the hose gets hot I run the water through the hose and I run it in the pool now I put it in different spots in the lawn so I don't waste any water. Um, I might tip it out every several days so that I uh, use water, water to the lawn in different places. I put I can totally regulate the temperature if it gets too hot. I can add a little bit of wa- cool water through the hose. And then I put a chair in there with a small yogurt cup. I sit in the chair, and then I just pour the uh perfect temperature water over my head and I cool off and then I get back to work. I've done it for years because it's hard plastic, not like the blow up ones that last forever. It's easy to tip over and it's really convenient. Um, We've voted for billions of dollars uh, for dams to be built and nothing has been built. So we kind of have to be creative. So that's the technique I use. Well, I like your creativity, Frank. So it's, it's a little, uh, kitty type, uh, not K I T T Y, but K I D D I E, uh, a kitty pool. And, uh, and you fill it up and, and regulate the temperature. And if, am I right? You, you put a chair in there and, and sit in there and, yes. and cools you off. I, I'm too old. I used to just jump in there, but I'm too old, so I found it's very convenient. 
just put a chair in there. And with the yogurt cup, I sat in the chair. I pour the uh, water over my head. It's very pleasant because I can totally control the temperature, and it cools me off. And then I get back to work, and then when I get hot, I do it again. And I'm very conscientious about wasting water, so I always put it a place where there's grass so that if I tip it out every several days to get fresh water, I don't waste any water, and I move it around. So I water my yard, and I stay cool, and I am more productive work-wise all at the same time. It's, uh, I've used it for years, and it's worked excellent. I like that creativity. I do have one question, though, uh, Frank. Knowing the uh, Riverbank, Oakdale areas, and the county areas around that, do you have any problems with, with mosquitoes uh, with that pool? Well, I haven't. Now, mosquitoes don't like me a whole lot. But... Um, with mosquitoes, if the water's stagnant for three days, then they uh, multiply. So I always tip it out after two days, because if you, or even if you just take your hand and swish the water around a little bit, the turbulence will um, chase away mosquitoes. But if you if you drink, if you tip it over, water your lawn every couple days the larvae do not have time to reproduce. So it doesn't cause a mosquito problem whatsoever. Or if you want to leave the water in for a longer period, just throw a piece of wood over the top at nighttime. So I've never, it's never contributed to any mosquito problem for me, but it's really, uh, <laughs> otherwise in the summer, I wouldn't get much work done. But with that technique, I found I can still be productive. Oh, Frank. Comfortable. <laughs> That's wonderful. Uh, thank you for calling. Appreciate that very much, Frank, and and uh, sharing your your secret to uh, staying cool. And uh, Frank using a kiddie pool, and he's got it all covered. Uh, he's he's got the mosquito issue handled. He's got the issue of wasting water handled. I like it. He's looked at all the angles. He's done this a lot. I'm just wondering what would happen uh, now. Now my wife uh, is. Uh, going to be home a little bit later uh, tonight and so after i leave the studio here and and i'm in our home i wonder what would happen if i stopped uh by a, a store and got a kiddie pool and filled it with water in the front lawn and sat in a chair in the kiddie pool as my wife is driving in i wonder this might be fun i wonder what kind of reaction I would get. The problem is she often listens to the show uh, off and on uh, between patients. So I might have tipped, tipped her off. But anyway, th this might be an interesting uh, might be an interesting thing. All right, uh, Frank, thanks for the call, sharing the innovative way to, to uh, conserve energy and, and stay cool in the process as well. Again, you're listening to the Mike Douglas Show here on Power Talk 1360 KFIV, talking about the fact the ISO did issue a flex alert today between 4 and 9 p.m. And uh, by the way, it also appears that Governor Newsom has uh, issued a uh, state of emergency, apparently. He proclaimed a state of emergency today in order to temporarily increase energy production and reduce demand here in California. It uh, 
again, we've, we've been called on to reduce our uh, energy consumption, if at all possible. Now, the purpose of uh, the governor's uh, office says of, of doing the emergency declaration today is um, is to be able to uh, provide some short-term solutions. And again, what they're saying is uh, if uh, you have someone, uh, by that they're adding this, by the way, if you have someone at risk, and I mentioned that before with advancing vibrant communities, we have long encouraged people, especially if you have elderly relatives or friends in mobile home parks, I'll tell you, those metal boxes that some of the folks live in get hot, and it's a generational thing with some people. They just don't want to waste the money turning on the air conditioning system, and uh, they, they, they can get sick. And so if you have elderly folks near you or you know they uh, live in one of those mobile home parks, check on them during these uh, heat waves. Make sure they're doing okay. If you can prevail upon them to at least turn on the air conditioner for a little while, that's the key. And Kathleen brought this point up a couple of minutes ago that what fans do generally in uh, inside of a home or a, a mobile home is the fan circulates hot air. The object is for the person's health, especially if they're elderly, is you have to bring down the ambient temperature. And uh, that that's the key to survival there. So a uh, governor's office also reminding us to keep uh, in close contact with uh, people that uh, may be at risk. Uh, watch out for heat-related illnesses, heat stroke. Uh, call 911 if you notice some symptoms there. And wear light, uh, lightweight, light-colored, loose-fitting clothing and sunscreen. And don't forget to protect your pets from the heat. That's a biggie. Uh, never leave a child or pet in the car. Can you believe that happens? I just don't. I mean, where's the logic? Where's the common sense at work with people who leave pets or children in their car unattended during a heat wave? And leaving these days, leaving pets or uh, children unattended uh, in a car anyway, it's dangerous just because of the numbskulls that are out there. But especially in the heat, that makes absolutely uh, no sense to me at all. But I guess uh, I, I guess it happens. So uh, just a reminder, uh, Cal ISO, 4 to 9 p.m. tonight, we need to do our best to reduce our consumption of electricity. Well, uh, getting back to uh, some other things uh, happening in our area, there's... <laughs> As we know, there's an election coming up, and uh, I'm, I'm still counting 69 days, 69 days until November 8, and I encourage everyone, please, to do research, look at the issues, look at the candidate histories, find out what they're about. Let's vote intelligently with a lot of research on November 8th, and maybe we can turn this this thing in California around. It won't be a light switch. It'll be incremental change. I think the, the, the possibility of more uh, radical or more effective change nationally in Washington, D.C. is another matter. In California, I think at best it's going to be small incremental change, but it's worth it. And that's why we need to, uh, need to, go, to the phone, uh, go to the polls. I guess we don't go to the polls. I keep saying that. Now we mail in the dumb mail-in ballots. 
I hope we go back to the day where you have to show ID, show up, and actually vote in person. That will help cut down the fraud, will it not? Uh, and I don't, I don't buy, well, mail-in ballots, it's uh, safe, it's a fraud-proof. No, don't, don't buy it. Don't buy it at all. All right, coming up in three minutes, uh, very interesting. Uh, there's a political action committee in California that is targeting apparently uh, young voters and using, uh, well, let's, let's call it what it is, using shaming. <laughs> we'll talk about it, and I'll play the clip for you all coming up in three minutes here on the Mike Douglas Show on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram. 1360 KFIV is your place online. Let's get social with Power Talk 1360 KFIV. And let's get back underway here on the Mike Douglas Show on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Mike Douglas with you. And as we've noted, 69 days left until the November 8 midterm elections. Going to be a milestone election, in my opinion. I think there uh, could be significant good changes that can happen in Washington, D.C. I think in California, we need to make an effort, even if we only chip away a little bit at a highly overregulated and uh, a highly out of control uh, California government. Now, this is interesting. There's a Democratic Super PAC political action committee called Priorities USA. And Priorities USA is employing an interesting strategy to try to reach young voters to vote Democratic uh, in California. Apparently, according to Axios, studies have shown that vote shaming can be an effective way to increase voter participation. And so Priorities USA is, uh, they're, they're aiming at the uh, over 8 million young people newly eligible to vote this year in California. By the way, uh, the PAC, <clears throat> Priorities USA, prefers the term social pressure as opposed to shaming. I'll let you decide here in just a second. Uh, anyway, the, uh, the PAC is planning to spend about $3 million uh, on this. And uh, none of it going toward traditional TV advertising. Uh, so this is, uh, this is uh, very interesting. So uh, they, they often target zip codes, including areas around big universities. And uh, they're not too concerned with more rural zip codes. Uh, so they uh, obviously, if they're aiming for areas around big universities, they're looking for uh, the young vote. All right, let let me get your read on this. Do you think this is a good way to motivate young voters to vote? Or would you say it fits the label vote shaming? Here it is. Who you vote for is secret. But whether you decide to cast a vote or not is public. So keep making your community proud this November and vote. Ah, huh. Who you vote for is secret, but whether you decide to cast a vote or not is public. So keep making your community proud this November and vote. Would you like to read between the lines with me on that? 
Again, here, here's the text. Who you vote for is secret, but whether you decide to cast a vote or not is public. So keep making your community proud this November and vote. All right, I'm reading between the lines, and what I'm reading here is, if you don't vote, we may let the public know you don't vote. And so in that regard, I think it deserves the moniker vote shaming. What do you think? Apparently there's another ad uh, with somebody, somebody named Bob. And in that one, he says, this is Bob. Or no, I'm sorry, it's not Bob talking. It's the, they're talking about Bob, a stick figure. So they say, this is Bob. Bob liked posting that he voted in 2020, but we know he let his voter registration get out of date. Don't be like Bob. So do you like that? Do you think the uh, Republican Party ought to adopt a similar strategy? What do you think? 209-551-3483, our number 209-551-3483. Do you think vote shaming will work? Well, apparently this company thinks so, that it can be a very effective way to motivate people to vote. Me, I I don't know, I'm I'm all for honesty and integrity and acting like adults, I, I don't think shaming people to do anything is ever the right thing to do. But you see, we're in a culture now, and it seems to be very prevalent, if really, from what we have seen in the Democratic Party of late. It, it really has been hijacked from the Democratic Party that I grew up uh, knew, knowing uh, when I was an early voter. And really, it's... Uh, it's adopted the, the philosophy that the ends justify the means. What, winning is the big thing, and we must win at all cost. We must win at all cost, and therefore, whatever we need to do, we need to do to get the wind, the win. So here we go, another uh, good point here from our producer, and that is, all right, so uh, we had all these uh, sign-ups to get young kids uh, to automatically register, whether it's uh, through DMV, schools, Rock the Vote. So we congratulate them, we, I mean the powers that be, uh, congratulate them for, for registering to vote and then turned right around and shame them when they don't seem to really have the genuine desire to vote. Maybe they don't like who the candidates are. Maybe they don't like the issues involved. Maybe they don't like the hypocrisy they often see. Yeah, there's a lot behind this. So I, I don't know. What do you think? 209-551-3483. Do you like this uh, shaming strategy? Here's another interesting statistic. This, uh, again, from Axios. Uh, campaigns have already spent 90.5 million texts this election cycle. That The texts that are on your phone, including 68 million from Democrats and 23 million from Republicans. Now, this is interesting. They're, they're, set, they're telling us marketing texts have an open rate of 98% 
compared with 22% for emails. I do not doubt those statistics. In, uh, in trying to reach people in our ministries and trying to reach people in the congregations that I serve, uh, we do a lot of emails, not so much texts. We do a lot of emails. And I would say average that the open rate on emails is about somewhere between 22 to 25 percent on par. And so I, I believe that. But it's astonishing to me that marketing techs have an open rate of 98%, but apparently some people are getting tired. In fact, there's a guy in Fremont, California. He's filed a suit against the uh, DNC, the Ohio Democratic Party, and President Biden's campaign, and Tim Ryan's campaign for senator in Ohio. He says these robotechs are invading his privacy and they're draining his phone battery. No, no one's responded to his uh, suit yet. Do they annoy you as well? well? We'll continue the conversation in five minutes right here on the Mike Douglas Show on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Be back in five minutes. The Mike Douglas Show. Now weekdays from 3 till 5 on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. A pastor with passion. A minister with manners. Now, back to the Mike Douglas Show on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. And welcome back to the Mike Douglas Show here on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Mike Douglas here, your concierge for conversation as we tackle the issues of the day live and local to make sure that your voice is heard and we have the opportunity to discuss the issues of the day together rationally, reasonably, and respectfully. And so much appreciate uh, your willingness to do that and uh, so much appreciate you uh, giving of your time to join us here at 3 to 5 p.m. Monday through Friday here on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. A uh, quick program note, we want to welcome back uh, uh, the our amazing producer, Mike Murray. He really is the uh, the Jedi master of all producers. Uh, Mike Murray uh, had some uh, well-deserved time off. I uh, want to thank uh, Brenda Lapome from Advancing Vibrant Communities, our uh, director of operations there. Uh, Brenda also uh, double duties as uh, our assistant producer and call screener. Thank you, Brenda for uh, taking a full seven days in a row there uh, to help us. Uh, welcome back, Mike. And just a program note for later today and for the next couple of days, uh, Ed Parco will be in again this afternoon at 5 p.m. He'll be a uh, guest hosting for Trevor Carey. And uh, then Ed will be here uh, tomorrow and Friday. Thursday and Friday on the Mike Douglas Show, uh, they have graciously uh, given me a couple of days off, which I am very grateful for. My wife and I are actually just going to spend some time together and enjoy each other uh, without uh, without work obligations, either one of us. So we're looking forward to that. So uh, Ed Parco will be here uh, tomorrow and Friday, and uh, then uh, Monday will be a best of the Mike Douglas Show, and I'll be back with you live on Tuesday. So uh, that's the plan uh, for today and the next couple of days as, uh, as well. Uh, looking at uh, the, uh, again, the iOS, uh, iOS, ISO alert 
today, 4 to 9 p.m. Uh, they're asking us to conserve electricity uh, as much as possible uh, because of uh, the demand on, uh, on our grid. Uh, this is uh, very interesting. You remember SB 866? And there's a lot of bills flying out of Sacramento right now towards the governor's desk uh, to be signed. One of them is not, and I'm very happy about this. Uh, it's a- SB 866. That is the bill that would have, and sponsored by Scott Weiner, that would have allowed teenagers in California to get vaccinated without without parental consent. I think that's just atrocious. That is the government, again, taking over the role as parent. Government never belongs in that role, especially California's government. It's just, well, in my mind, it's criminal. When, when, when the government takes over or tries to take over, my role as parent, to me, that's a, a criminal offense. But that's just me. So, SBH 66, sponsored by Scott Weiner, uh, would have allowed teens in California to get vaccinated without parental consent. However, on the final day of legislative session, the bill didn't have the votes. Yay. Yay. Thank you, Lord. That is a blessing to us. Now, this is very interesting because it gives us a glimpse into the character of Senator Scott Weiner. Uh, and, and as you probably know, he's a, a state senator, uh, Democrat out of uh, San Francisco. And let me read you his statement. This, is, this just gives you some insight into the man. Quote, We have made the difficult decision not to call up SB 866 for a vote on the assembly floor. While the votes are very close, we are several votes short of 41. Don't see a viable path for those final few votes. Now, here's what concerns me. Quote, sadly, months of harassment and misinformation, including death threats against me and teen advocates, by a small but highly vocal and organized minority of anti-vaxxers have taken their toll. The health of young people will suffer as a result. SBH 66 did nothing more than empower young people to protect their own health, even if their parents have been brainwashed by anti-vax propaganda or are abusive or neglectful. With the reemergence of polio and the continued existence of viruses like mumps, the health risks to young people like paralysis and sterility are real and can have profound consequences. Scott Weiner is... Th- I'm wondering how his mental capacities are functioning. Anyway, he says uh, from the bottom of his heart, he was thanking those who were helping him uh, to, quote, sustain personal attacks by adult anti-vaxxers who are absolutely cruel toward them and anyone else who believes in science. The anti-vaxxers, 
may have prevailed in this particular fight, but the broader fight for science and health continues. This coalition isn't going anywhere. What do you think about that statement by Senator Scott Weiner, Sacramento, Democrat out of uh, San Francisco? Do you are, are you concerned that a state senator would use verbiage like that? I, I mean, he the 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 violation of the rules of logic are plentiful. I'm not going to go through all of them. I, I, you're intelligent. I'm, I'm, I'm sure you, you understood them as I was reading his quote. But see, this is the type of venomous and uh, anger-based and you know, my way or the highway type thinking that we have by prominent. Democrats in San Francisco, in uh, Sacramento. This is really outrageous. I would be so embarrassed if he was my senator. I um, and and again, what he's talking about is California taking over the role of a parent. I am so glad this bill did not pass, and that as we uh, as we learned that uh, he would. He basically took it off because he didn't see that he was going to get the votes he needed. He needs to be voted out. He really does. That this is this is outrageous. That a that someone with that should have integrity and honesty would write things like that. Obviously, to me, that does not denote he has either of those character traits. Here's another update on bills in uh, in California. Uh, there is a bill being passed that will protect workers who use marijuana off the clock. What do you think about this? Yesterday, California lawmakers passed a bill that would prevent companies from disciplining workers who fail specific kinds of hair and urine-based drug tests. Now, they're saying those tests can sometimes be unreliable, since drugs like marijuana can stay in the body for weeks, meaning people could still fail a drug test even if they didn't hadn't used any substances recently. Now, that bill is headed to uh, Governor Newsom's desk. He has until the end of September to decide whether or not to sign it in the law. Now, if signed, California will become the seventh state in the union to have a law that protects workers' rights to use recreational marijuana. Now, let's let's think about this together. Do you, and I don't know what Governor Newsom is going to do with this. I, I think he has to weigh the political consequences. I'm sure he's thinking about his presidential run in 2024. And I think he's figuratively licking his finger, sticking it up in the air and trying to figure out which way the the voter winds are blowing before he makes a decision on this. But what do you think in terms of a practical issue? And I, I understand the dynamics. I understand the facts here as they're laid out. Someone may test positive for marijuana even though they haven't used it for a while. They may not be 
under the influence of marijuana at work, but if they test positive for it in an environment that says you cannot test positive for drugs or for marijuana, they they can be disciplined. So what this bill would do is uh, it would say, yeah, you test positive for, for cannabis, for marijuana, you're fine. Now they're saying, well, now that, that doesn't mean you can show up to work high. Right. What do you think? 209-551-3483. Do you, do you support that? I'm not, and I know there, there are some in our audience, and I, in fact, I have uh, some friends that, that would say, look, let, let's decriminalize it. I, I think the employer has the right uh, to say when you show up for work, Drugs need to be out of your system. What do you think? 209-551-3483. We'll continue the conversation in three minutes as the Mike Douglas Show continues here on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. He's got issues. Let's talk about it. The Mike Douglas Show on air and online. Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Welcome back to the Mike Douglas Show here on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. We've been talking about Assembly Bill 2188, 2188. And uh, this was uh, authored by Assemblyman Bill Cork, a Democrat out of Hayward. And basically, it would make it illegal for an employer to discriminate against a person in hiring, termination, or any other uh, term or condition of employment or otherwise penalize a person if the discrimination is based upon the person testing positive for cannabis or marijuana. Uh, and that, that would mean that this may be used off the job, away from the workplace, uh, that they aren't. Uh, under the influence at work, but they still have uh, they still have the uh, elements, the chemicals in their blood system. So uh, this this uh, bill, if signed by Governor Newsom, would say, yep, can't discriminate against an employee who tests positive uh, for marijuana, for cannabis, um, and uh, put that uh, employee under uh, disciplinary action. Uh, here's a a couple of reactions to this. Uh, this, uh, according to the sponsor, the person who authored it, Assemblymember Bill Quirk, nothing in this bill would allow someone to work, to come to work high. All right. And let's see. Matt Bell is the secretary-treasurer for the United Food and Commercial Workers Local 324. Matt Bell says, using outdated cannabis tests only causes employees to feel unsafe and harassed at work. It does not increase workplace safety. All right, so the uh, United Food and Commercial Workers Local 324 in favor of this bill. Now, the California Chamber of Commerce has a different take on this. They're opposing, or they have opposed the legislation because they say, quote, it would create a protected status for marijuana use in a, in a state law, in a state where uh, they have laws that ban discrimination in the workplace. Put simply, they say, 
marijuana use is not the same as protecting workers against discrimination based upon race or national origin. All right, so that's the California Chamber of Commerce. Uh, I don't know, your thoughts? Good bill, bad bill? Do you think you ought to be able to show up? Not you, but do you think people ought to be able to show up for work and test positive for cannabis, for marijuana, even though they're not high? If that employer prohibits any drugs in your system? 209-551-3483, our number here, 209-551-3483. While you're thinking about that, here's another uh, interesting story that uh, popped up this week. Uh, Did you hear about this? Yeah, some businesses in the Bay Area, uh, members uh, apparently of the Castro Merchants Association, have said, look, San Francisco, California, we've had enough of the rising crime rate. We've had enough of the homeless situation here. We've had enough of your lack of action in our area. And so what they're doing is they're saying, we're not going to pay our taxes (laughs) if this keeps up. Unless you do something about the crime issues, if you do, don't do something about the health and safety issues, if, if you don't make good on your promises to clean things up, we're not going to pay our taxes. That's interesting. One shop owner told uh, KTVU that businesses uh, in, in their area have suffered vandalism numerous times. Business owner says uh, they're they're assisting homeless people on a daily basis because it's a failure of the system. And the city's Department of Homelessness and Supportive Housing said that 9,000-plus housing units are in the works with 1,000 shelter beds to be available over the next three months. Well, that that's wonderful, but you know how long it takes things to get accomplished when government is responsible for doing it. What about potholes? And, and not, not pot like marijuana, but I mean, you know, potholes in the street. I travel back roads uh, to get to down to uh, downtown Modesto. And there is a back road that uh, it, it has become an obstacle course. And, and I, I credit the county. Uh, the, they have, in the past, come out and, and they, they've filled the potholes and such. But th- there, must, there must be some way to do a better job of this. Because, in fact, coming home one day, one of those potholes actually bent my wheel. Well, why didn't you put a claim in, Mike? Well, I, I guess I could have. Not my nature to do that. I, I try not to be a pesky citizen. But if another wheel of mine gets damaged, I, I may do that. And it is an obstacle course. Driving down uh, this section of County Road is horrible. The potholes are getting deeper and deeper. And it's like, and, and I'm not real good at, at video games. I It's something about my brain is just not wired to do well with video games. I, my, my reactions just aren't fast enough, and I, I can't get into it. I can't get into the zone, so to speak. 
uh, to be in a fit. But it, to me, it's like trying to trying to do one of those video games where you're you're trying to avoid being blown up or you're trying to avoid falling off cliffs or whatever it might be. Driving down this road, it you have to be paying attention and God forbid you do it at night. That's dangerous. If I avoid doing it at night, because I know those potholes are there, new ones are cropping up. But anyway, the point being that I don't know that this promise uh, by the uh, Department of Homelessness and Supportive Housing uh, carries much weight with these business owners that are suffering with what's going on. They need help now. And you know the promise is they're going to build 9,000-plus housing units and, and 1,000 shelter beds, and they're going to be ready in three months. I don't know. Promises made, promises kept. All right, just a reminder, my friends, uh, I have been graciously given the opportunity to take a couple of days off so my wife and I can just enjoy each other. So Ed Parco, in addition to being up at 5 o'clock today, uh, guest hosting for Trevor Carey, Ed Parco will be here tomorrow, Thursday, and Friday on the Mike Douglas Show. Monday will be a best of on Labor Day. I will look forward to rejoining you live on Tuesday. Thank you so much for listening. Have a very safe Labor Day weekend. Look forward to rejoining you on Tuesday here on the Mike Douglas Show, 3 to 5 p.m. on Power Talk 1360 KFIV.